Hi, I'm Reiti. And I'm Sakina. Welcome to Two Sports in Britain. This is the podcast where two longtime friends share our experiences with each other as Singaporean transplants to Britain and also practice British accents. Today, we are both in red. We didn't coordinate this, but then we have been um, always coordinating every time we meet in our 10 years. So, hey, still going on strong. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Um, today's episode is going to be the first in a food series. Series, because the topics surrounding food take us very far afield, don't mind the pun, of the meal produced in front of us. So we're going to dedicate time to each subtopic. So for example, in future, we will cover things like um, the conversation of food in Singapore versus Britain, um, food ethics regarding animal welfare and saving the planet, also the concept of clean eating being tied to privilege and wealth among others um, but for today we are going to cover how you can take the foodies out of singapore but you cannot take the singapore out of the foodies like both of us <laughs> so thank you Reiti, for sharing more about our food series you know we are so looking forward to doing this series because obviously it's something that we're both so passionate about i think i mentioned that in the previous episode where you know even when we have our weekly catch-ups there's always you know always a time to talk about food right so yeah so we're really excited about this um and for this um episode specifically we will be talking more about just our food preference okay but before we start uh, I understand that this is a very ironic time to be doing this episode because it is you know the holy month of Ramadan um, and I just want to take this opportunity to wish all the Muslims tuning in from anywhere in the world Ramadan Kareem okay and uh, I sure hope that when you're listening in to this episode you're not fasting because we will be showing some food you know later on okay so um, Another thing is that our dear Reiti here is also fasting in solidarity with me. So, um, Reiti, how's it going there? It's good, but I'm unfortunately, I already failed a bit because I meant to wake up before sunrise and I completely missed my alarm. So when I woke up and I saw the sun in the sky, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> next week, next week. I will make sure next week I set multiple alarms like at like 5am or 4.30 or whatever it is next week, okay? But yeah, so far I'm doing fine. I'm still going on. Uh, we uh, Ask me again at the end of the episode after all of the food that we are showing and telling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, um, Ramadan Kareem to all who celebrate it. Sakina taught me the phrase last week. So yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Sakina? How are you doing? Well, I'm doing really good. This is actually my second, um, my second time um, experiencing Ramadan in the UK. Um, last year was my first. I think it, we started it in May. So um, there's not much difference, to be honest, um, between last year to this year. But obviously, there's a lot of difference fasting in Singapore and fasting in Britain. Because in Singapore, we fast about, like I think, from five, 5 something a.m. all the way, or sometimes 6 a.m. I think, all the way to 7 something p.m. So it's not that bad, maybe 13 hours or so, under 14 hours, but over here it's under 18 hours. So um, it's quite significant, you know, um, because like for me, like we have to wake up right now 
um, these days around 3.30 a.m. just to eat um, our food before we start fasting. And then we can break fast around 8 something p.m. So that's about 17 hours for now. I'm doing fine um, because um, I have gotten used to it. But it gets really tiring towards the end. So um, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but nonetheless, this will not take away the spirit, you know, in both of us. You know, although we are fasting and Reiki, I have to um, applaud you, you know, for wanting to do this. You know, it's not easy for anyone to fast, especially not, you know, fasting in, in the Muslim, uh, I mean, like in Islam means that you have to refrain from food and drink. So not even drink, drinking. So, you know, it's not yeah. um, easy. So please don't beat yourself up for it. I think, you, <laughs> you know, like not eating since morning until now is a big achievement, to be honest. So, yeah. Yeah, I wish I woke up at 5 a.m. Say <laughs> yeah, by the time I woke up. <laughs> yeah. yeah so um so for this um yeah for this uh particular episode we will be talking about how we singaporean foodies how do we express um that you know in britain so basically um as most singaporeans know if you're tuning in you know singapore is seen as a food haven you know and singapore is testament to food being a glue which brings you know people and communities together you know you can't take the singaporeanness in us even if we are in an angmo land okay so anyway for brits and other non-singaporeans tuning in angmo is a hokkien term which literally means ginger hair and reiti actually um helped to explain that meaning you know so uh ang means is it ang means red or ginger and then more means hair so literally it it has become popularized through singlish so singlish is this um, Singaporean version of English, okay, being used by you know the locals um, to refer to a white person. So obviously, being in Angmoland, yeah, you can infer. <laughs> so anyway, I digress. So for today's episode, we're gonna have a casual chit chat about our favorite food, how we keep up our Singaporean taste buds in Britain, and how do we work around our respective um, dietary requirements as well. So let's ease into a conversation about food by sharing our personal food preferences. And I will um, start by answering this question. Um, I mean, honestly, I can't pick a favorite food. I mean, like, that's so hard for me, right? But um, I generally, generally love Asian cuisines, you know, Thai food, Malaysian, Malay, Indonesian, um, Chinese, Indian. Um, and I think that all of these cuisines, they, sh they share um, some common essential ingredients like you know you always have your shallots your onions your ginger um, your chilies and I love spices like cumin coriander um, and I love sauces you know Asian sauces are the best you know like soy sauce fish sauce oyster sauce you know so um, what I yeah so I guess I really like you know those like stir fried kind of things you can easily just make up really nice sauce and you can make your mee goreng which is you know for those who don't know what mee goreng means it means fried noodles okay and uh, i love thai food a lot like tom yum and you can make you, you use some of these sauces like fish sauce you know tamarind sauce to make like pad thai and yeah you need all of these sauce to make your basil chicken the krapao is it krapao okay i'm sorry for for those thai people tuning in <laughs> yeah so i love asian food you can say that i'm very biased i say this a lot a lot to my friends you know like no matter no matter what uh no matter what it is you know i still think that asian food is the best because it has a variety of tastes 
uh, and I also like Italian food. I mean, um, I feel like Italian food is so simple, but they use the simplest ingredients, but it, when it comes together, it just works so well, you know, I don't know how, but yeah, um, yeah, I love Italian. I do have a basil plant at home and stuff. Yeah, so I'm sorry, I can't, I can't choose one food because I just love a lot of things. So how about you, Reiti? You know, what's your favorite food? Yeah. Oh, you talk about Italian food and cheese. I've not eaten that much cheese until I came to York because every so often there is some department gathering that has a wine and cheese night and mm -hmm. it's free for all and yeah, people go wild over it. Yeah. And also, like you, I cannot pick one. Spoken like two true blue foodies <laughs> who cannot pick a one, just one favorite food. Yeah, but I can actually. Um, so my favorite up to, I don't know how many years ago, was sambal crayfish from a particular restaurant, uh, Teochew restaurant, I'm Teochew by a, a dialect group. Um, it's mm -hmm. called Monghing. Um, so it's crayfish, you fry in sambal, but they don't just have crayfish in the dish, they fry egg alongside it, so it's like omelette plus crayfish, and it's, you just give me that and a bowl of rice, and I'm a very happy camper. Sounds good. Unfortunately, a few years ago, they, like, they stopped operations. Everybody in my family, every time we mention Monkey, we need to insert like, oh, a wipes tear away because, yeah, they just didn't want to continue anymore. Yeah, so it's okay. I have the memory. Uh, we went for many, many rounds of like, okay, this is our last sambal crayfish. And then the next day, oh, let's go back again and have our last sambal crayfish. And then we constantly went back a few times more <laughs> to have a last sambal crayfish. <laughs> yeah. Um, secondly, chili. Like you, spicy. Do you throw any chili on it? I will eat it. I will be very happy. And finally, kue. Aha. So actually, Sakina, you are the one who called me kue girl. And yeah. uh, I wore my kue necklace that I got from a local Singaporean shop. So it's called the Little Drum Store. It's on Ang Jiang Hill. Go and uh, check it out. Not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> Holler at me, holler at me if you want to sponsor, okay? <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I need to describe um, kue. So kue is like a collective noun. It's just like when you say cake or pie, it's like a whole collective noun for strawberry cake, chocolate cake, salted caramel cake, and strawberry pie, apple pie, ginger pie, whatever. Kue is a whole category of um, soft pillowy, uh, coconutty, sometimes they add pandan flavoring, they use tapioca flour, and they don't have butter. So that's the main difference. Cakes in the West use butter. Yeah. We are in a temperate region, butter melts too fast. So we have things like coconut milk instead, and, and we have our like um, other flavorings and uh, sugars, types of sugars that we use. So in the um, other areas, you use white sugar, we may mm -hmm. use palm sugar, also known yeah. as gula melaka. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so coconut sugar and things like that. Yeah, so, and a friend recently uploaded himself making tapioca kueh, and which is one of my absolute favorites. It's a yellowy tapioca. Tapioca is a root. So it's just yellow and um, soft, and like you dunk it in, uh, it's coated in coconut. It's glorious. And ah, 
What a oh. pity I cannot get grey. <laughs> oh my I god. Need to so, make some. Yeah, you know what, Ray? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing because I learn a lot from you. Like, um, yeah, I, sh- I should be ashamed, you know, that I don't know about <laughs> the whole, you know, Kuwait thing, not needing butter. I mean, I remember some of my family members talking about it because they're really food enthusiasts and they're Kuwait enthusiasts as well, like bakes and stuff. Um, and they did mention that, you know, a lot of like the cakes, like, you know, cake lapis and all, you don't actually need some of those ingredients. And I'm like, wow, that's just so amazing. You know, like, because all this while we actually thought that, oh, baking, you need like butter, you need this kind of sugar, mm-hmm. you know, like, but yeah, like, you know, you know, the Asians prove otherwise. And I think that's <laughs> worthy to look into. So thanks for sharing. Um, yes, and I'm really happy that, you know, the Quagle, the nickname Quagle stuck on you. <laughs> because honestly, I haven't met anyone who's so enthusiastic about Quay as much as you. So that's, yeah, that's really cute. Okay. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, did you bring anything with you from Singapore? And if you do share more about these this ingredients that you bring uh and yeah and please tell us more about how you use them to make your meals yeah sure so um we have both prepared a whole selection of items around ourselves yeah uh, let me just start with like the dried goods so i have drinks and this one actually was left behind from my singaporean friend last year uh you know who you are i don't know whether you want to publicize yourself here so this is <laughs> one coffee this is Milo. It's, do you know that Milo is not Singaporean? I found it out like two years ago. It's Australian. And I'm like, what? My life is a lie. But anyway, uh, in, but the recent uh, Milo packets in Singapore, you can get cow siu tai. So that is definitely Singaporean. So cow means thick. Siu tai means less sugar. So you can get the thicker, less sugar version of Milo. It's a malty drink, uh, hot like it's like hot chocolate but better i'm biased <laughs> yeah and then i also brought a uh, green beans so every time i say green beans i have to say that this is also known as mung bean because to the west people hear green beans and they think of the long like um green bean casserole in the u.s and when i tell them that i make green bean sweet potato soup with this they're like it's sweet it's it's a it's a sweet soup it's a dessert not savory no this is for sweet soups yeah so it's just it's a good um soup to drink when you need to like feel like you had a lot of heaty oily things drink the soup and all is fine with the world again um i also have a rice vermicelli this one i brought from home but you can also buy it here just more expensive actually a lot of things you can buy them here it's just a lot more expensive very yeah, yeah. and then i have um ikan bilis which are dried anchovies so i'm just going to take out some to show you um it looks like small dried fish so it looks like this yeah. yeah, and then you use this to make a fish stock um, for a lot of soups. Like uh, last year when I went to see you, or previous year, we made ban mian. <laughs> Very delicious. Very nice. Um, this one is kaya. So this is like, I've heard it uh, referred to as coconut custard or coconut jam. Yeah, basically it's made of coconut and palm sugar and it's a spread that you put on toast. It's delicious with butter butter and kaya toast oh, great so combination 
<laughs> and then I also have chili oil. Um, this one you can get um, in the UK as well. Yeah. Yeah, but again, it's just more expensive. Um, what else do I have? Oh, I brought uh, some dried mushrooms with me. Oh, so nice. Yeah, so we use, in the way to cook it is you um, pour hot water over it and let it steep for a while. And then you use the mushroom in your dish and keep the water because it's precious. I usually keep the water to um, make rice, cook rice with it. So in place of just plain water in the rice cooker, I use the mushroom water so that there is some mushroomy flavor. Yeah. yeah so what else nice. do I have? Oh, sorry? So nice. Yeah, two more things. So I brought along bakute spice, which is like a pork ribs spice pack. Yeah, I think I had more spice packs with me, but I've all used it. And I don't remember what I brought because um, once I used it, I forget about it. And then uh, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> and lastly, my favorite instant noodles. This is not Singaporean, this is Korean, but I really like this one. Because yeah. I think, yeah, this is the most spicy um, instant noodle seasoning pack I've found. And I really like it. So this is the one that I eat. Yeah, over oh, to you, my dear. <laughs> oh my god, like, where do I start? Like, I mean, like, you shared quite a lot of things. I think the first thing that you talk about is Milo, right? I have Milo mm. as well. Um, let me just share. Hey. Yeah, first mine oh. um, is I put it in a small container because initially, um, you know, I just want to add on to what you say about, um, um, about, you know, Australian. You know, I didn't know as well that Milo is actually from... Australia, from Australia, but I know that there's different variations of Milo. So there's a Singaporean mm. Milo, there's a Malaysian one, then also there's the Australian one. And what I realized is that the Australian Milo is so good. It's just a difference if you taste mm. the Malaysian one and the Australian one. Like the Austra I got the Australian one. So I, so my parents and I we searched high and low for the Australian brand in Singapore before I flew to London. So it's a really big tin of Milo. So and I was telling them, oh yeah, I don't think I can bring this is too much. So I brought it to this small little container. And then now I'm regretting it because I only have like half a few. Um I wish I had brought that much, but uh, there's too many things that I brought, you know, um from Singapore to London. And I think half of my weight was really food. Anyway. <laughs> uh yeah, so this is Milo. Um I do have a lot of dried food, um, so let me start. Okay, so Reiti, you mentioned ikan bilis. I also have ikan bilis. Mm. So ikan hey. bilis, yeah, it's actually an anchovies. Uh, I don't know if you got, yeah, so it's actually uh, anchovies. They also have ikan bilis here in UK. Um, I've never tried it, though, have you? Oh, I mean, I have. It's, a, it's the same, it's a, um, okay. but the one that I bought was bigger, much bigger. So ours are the small little ones. There's are right. like times two the size right so yeah so i do have this so this is really important because if i want to make nasi goreng um ikan bilis so it literally means fried rice ikan bilis fried rice or anchovies fried rice you put this and then you blend it together with like shallots or garlic or whatever you blend it together with like you know chilies if you want and then you can make it as a paste to make your ikan bilis and then reiti also taught me that this one you can make fish soup so you let it like you know, settle at the bottom and then you like simmer, you know, with water for a really long time and then you can taste the, you know, the fish, you know, the fish taste. Good. 
So, um, <laughs> so my mom and my grandma love to do this. So this is the fried cooked version of ikan bilis. So as you can see, look at this glorious mix of, uh, you know, anchovies and the nuts. So basically, my mom coached this in, I think, dark soy sauce, I think, and some chili um, to make it sticky, to make it sticky. And she actually also fry it with the, the nuts as well. And it's so good. I have one of these and my gran grandma gave a smaller one and we finished that within one month we got here and my husband loves it as well. So, so I told him that this... This is a treasure. I don't know when's the next time I'm going to fly to Singapore because with the whole COVID situation, I don't know when I'm going to go back. So I'm not going to touch this. Okay, hopefully, you know, you know, by, I don't know, by the end of the year, I, I still have this supply. So we'll see about that. Um, some other dried food. So this is dried shrimps. You can see these little shrimps, yeah. So uh, we use this a lot, like, I don't know um, if you're familiar with Asian food or Malay food or whatever, like, there's a lot of shrimp taste, right? So, so we use this as well um, to blend it, to make it into like, to make, you know, nasi goreng as well. It's really good. It's very salty, by the way. So this also adds to the saltiness of the food. Yum, yum. Salt yeah. is great. I know. And this is dried chili that my mom brought for me as well. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, as you can see, it's a bit more wrinkled. So, um, yeah, actually, I don't, I don't know the difference, to be honest, like using fresh chili and dried chili. But I just know that in like Malay cuisines, like we use this, like we just let it drench in water for a while so that it, so it softens it up. And then we use it to also like blend. I mean, obviously we are so modern now, we use blender, but people in the olden times, they use the, you know, the thing to like, is it more slow? Mortar. Yeah, mortar. Mortar, mortar. Exactly. To like literally like grind, you know, these chilies and stuff. And it's so good, I think. But I don't have that. And I don't have much patience when it comes to that. So uh, what other dried food do I have? Oh, yes, of course. Um, this is blachan. Okay, so blachan shrimp. Uh, I haven't used it so much because um, I also want to save it. So this is also a kind of a shrimp paste. Um, I don't know how to explain this. You know, like, I think, Rachel, you mentioned samba blachan. Did you mention just now? Yeah, I, I think I did. did. Yeah, so like we use this shrimp paste a lot in our food as well. Um, um, and this is the flavor. Like you put this to make fried rice or like noodles. It's very, very nice because it gives you that shrimp taste. The thing about blachan is that it's very, um, it's known to, to, to cause a very strong smell. So if you're not used to this smell, you'd be like, oh my God, like it's so strong, you know. Um, and it's, you know, you might think it's smelly or whatever, right? But it tastes so good in food. Believe me, okay, you have to try it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the dried food. Oh, and one more thing. This is like a condiment of some sort. It's like shallot. So this is like onions and shallots when you fry it. Uh, we also have this in the UK. I, I've seen them in like ethnic markets as well. So basically, this is a garnishing, right? So like after you have your noodles or whatever, you just sprinkle it on top with the spring onions and it's so good. It gives that crunchiness to your food. Yeah. So, um, we talk a lot about ikan bilis. This is a very important, you know, like stock. You know, um, in Britain, there's a lot of stocks as well. There's vegetable stock, chicken stock, beef stock. Obviously, we use a lot of stock. Technically, they're MSG lah, right? So, <laughs> so, this ikan bilis stock is so important because we don't have this in Britain. 
Have you seen one? Uh, maybe not, yeah. So um, this one, I can tell you a shortcut. So um, the other time when Rachie visited me in Birmingham, so we used this to make bamian, uh, like a very instant bamian soup. Lah. So we just put one cube, then you put water, then you put the bamian, uh, like you put like, you know, like, what do we put? Chicken balls and like some like... Uh, meatballs, eggs, vegetables, yeah. noodles. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, this this does the trick if you're too lazy to, you know, to make bamian from scratch. So this is really important. Um, so um, I have other things like paste. I think you met, you showed a few paste just now, right? Oh, no, sorry. Uh, the chili oil. Yeah, chili oil. Okay, so... So I mentioned a lot about belacan. So I do have the sambal version, which is the chili paste version of this. This is so good. It's a singlong brand. Um, it really tastes like, you know, the ayam penyet one that we like from back in university. Mm. Yeah, so this yeah. is so good. Like, this is very spicy, by the way. So um, yeah, I would caution you if you can't take spice, but you have to try it. And then... Uh, the ayam penyet is a fried chicken dish with rice. Yeah, and it's smashed chicken. Penyet yeah. means, yeah, smash. It's an Indonesian cuisine, by the way. So, um, then there's also sambal chili prawn. It's another kind of uh, variation of sambal, which is a chili paste, but it's also prawn. As you can see, oh my gosh, there's a lot of prawn and there's a lot of fish so far. So, you know that Asian, we have a lot of seafood. This is really good. If you're lazy, you can make your nasi goreng, your fried rice, whatever, or your, your, you know, your fried noodles. You can just like put it in the wok and yeah, it's really easy. Uh, my friend recommended this to me. It's really nice. And this is my favorite Tom Yum paste. So if you like Thai food and you know, you like Tom Yum, okay, you use this, it's instant paste lah. So you put it inside and then you just boil the water. I would recommend Holy Farms. It's a very um, good brand um, because it's very strong um, Tom Yum taste. Yeah, I would recommend And you get it in the UK? No, this is all from Singapore. Oh. It's very essential. And if you want to make fusion food, if you, you know, like in Singapore, we like to like fuse everything Western, uh, Asian. So if you want to make your creamy Tom Yum pasta, you can use this. You just put a bit of cream. Voila, you have it. Your creamy Tom Yum pasta. It's really good. Um, I do have this like asam. I haven't used it. Okay, I do have like two ingredients I haven't used because I don't know how to, you know, use that. So this is asam, some kind of sour paste thingy. And then I also have taucho. So taucho is a salt. Ooh, you are more Chinese than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we use like taucho for um, a lot of like cuisines like I think like Malay Chinese cuisines as well. I just yeah, it's a fermented bean. Exactly. So this is fermented soybean. It's really good. Yes. I just haven't used it so I need to start thinking of recipes. So for you guys who are tuning in and you're a good chef, you have made things with these ingredients, please let me know. That would really be nice. What else do I have? I think that's about it. Oh so I have brought some paste. I have a lot of paste. Um so this brand I'm sure is very popular among Singaporeans, the Prima Prima Taste. If Prima yeah, Prima Taste. Yeah, so there's a laksa and the Hainanese chicken rice. I don't really use this space very much because I like making things from scratch, but I'm saving it for rainy weather, you know, like when I'm lazy to cook or like emergency, like no time, whatever, just use this pack. I mean I do have a few other paste. My mom 
she likes to pack a lot of things but i think it's that i haven't used them up yet so i think i should start slowly to use them and she also makes like her homemade paste um and we keep it in the freezer and i yeah there's still some of them i still have yet to use but generally yeah these are like the ingredients that i have <laughs> i hope you guys all sound that. very good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so hope you guys hope you guys enjoy our show and tell unfortunately um those who are tuning in to listen to just the audio you can't really see them you know um the images of these ingredients but i hope that our description make you guys imagine it yeah <laughs> um, you can watch our youtube after you listen to the audio only podcast to yes, see the yes, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay so next question so we have spoke a lot about asian i'm um, basically singaporean um kind of type of um, ingredients and cuisine so let's move on to looking at food in britain so we fly back here. <laughs> so how do you keep up with your Singaporean taste buds while residing in Britain, Raiti? Um, yeah, so um, sometimes when I feel like I'm missing dishes that I get in Singapore, I will go to the Asian markets. Um, so I remember that I really wanted to cook a mala, which is like a numbing spicy chili sauce with various vegetables or whatever meat and vegetables you want to throw into it. I wanted to add kangkong, which is also known as water spinach, which is known as morning glory. So I went to the Asian supermarket and I was shocked to see one packet that would cost 50 cents in Singapore, which is about 20p, costing two pounds, which is like 350 for the same amount for a 50 cent um, amount. Yeah, but I was like, never mind. I will treat myself to get um, local, like familiar vegetables to me from home. Yeah, so I will source it whenever I want to, but I just have to bear in mind that um, it's exorbitant prices. So for the most part, I usually try to adapt to the local British ingredients with our whatever spices that I have. So um, I have cooked, um, bought the British Savoy cabbage and thrown the mala chili at it and it worked a treat wow. so that's how i get around it so i use the cabbage and uh carrots and onions whatever that i can find here i just throw enough garlic and chili at it and then i feel like i'm back at home what about you hmm, that's really nice i do agree with your point about asian markets and asian shops are really really expensive so i i myself rarely go um to those shops um i think the only times i go there was because i needed tofu you need you need the fresh tofu mm. where it's like in water or whatever yeah i needed tofu um i think there might be tofu in supermarkets but i haven't seen them have you they are the smoked ones so they already processed it for you you don't have to do anything with it just uh, take it out of the pack and like cook with it not like the tofu that we buy we need to dry off the tofu first and then we add flavor back into it right yeah so yeah so i i haven't actually came come across or maybe i haven't seen it you know and i haven't searched of it uh, you know properly but I usually go there to get tofu and some dried noodles you, you showed um, the vermicelli dried noodles just now yeah so I, I did bring a few from Singapore but the Asian the ones in Asian um, shops are so expensive so I think those you know that one packet that you showed earlier on that can cost about one pound twenty one pound fifty can be really quite pricey it's like what 
$2 plus $3 for that one packet. Wow. So I feel like, you know, if I want to make noodles, it's really quite a luxury sometimes because rice is more, you can cook in bulk for rice and with different things. So noodles, a bit pricey. But anyway, for me, how do I go around navigating, you know, my Singaporean taste buds, my Asian taste buds, is that I try to cook as much I cook a lot here in London, so like you, you saw the ingredients that I have, I try to make do with what I have. Um, and I also can find a lot of Asian ingredients in supermarket, in mainstream supermarkets. And I'm not talking about Asian specific ones, but like, you know, Morrison's, Sainsbury's, Tesco, you can find like, you know, um, like, like the spices that I like for like, if I want to make South Asian like cuisines, or even some Malay cuisines, like we need ground cumin, ground coriander, turmeric, chili powder, curry, you know, stuff like that. And also Morrison sells big chai. Ish, well, what is that Chinese? Oh, big chai. Big chai. Yeah. Yeah. So I, they call it, I think they also call it that, like they didn't change. There's no English version of it. I think they also put that, um, that title so we can find that it's expensive for like two of that it's like one pound but yeah i mean you can find that if you want to uh there's also like chilies like you can buy chili party they call it bird's eye chili here you know so bird's eye chilies are like small chilies but they're really spicy and those are essential ingredients in like asian cuisine as well right so um yeah i can get e easily i can go to off license shops you know um over here in london it's very diverse so i do have like um it's not like specifically asian shops but like you know, like South Asian shops, they also sell some like Chinese things and some Thai stuff, you know, like soy sauce, Thai sweet sauce. Uh, there's even Maggi brand uh, chili sauce and all of that. Like, I can find, I can even find like Pad Thai stuff, like, green curry. So easily can find them as well. So I don't have to, you know, always go to the Asian shops. Um, yeah. And also like when I feel like I want to treat myself, I go to like those restaurants and cafes in London. So because London is so diverse, there's quite um, a sizable Malaysian community here as well and Chinese community and Singaporeans, very small, almost negligible, but you know, they're represented in terms of like cuisines and the restaurants available so there's like malaysian singaporean restaurants there's thai restaurants vietnamese uh so i do i do go to um those places to eat um you know my hainanese chicken rice my hofan my laksa like mee goreng you know there's this one place in london houston it's called roti king roti means bread so basically roti king is known to be um a cafe that sells their signature roti prata um, meals. So roti prata is like our Singaporean flatbread or Singaporean Malaysian flatbread and then you dip it in curry. So every time I go there, I don't eat the roti prata because I feel like, you know, I want to eat something a bit more substantial, right? So I, so I eat like their fried noodles uh, and I also eat their laksa. It's really good and it's really affordable. I mean, comparatively it's, com it's quite affordable like seven pounds for a meal and you know for other restaurants i have to pay 10 pounds for chicken rice and stuff it's really expensive so those are like when i feel like okay i want to give myself a treat yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, a few a few pointers i remember uh big thai is bok choy exactly yeah uh secondly um uh, seven pounds is around fifteen dollars. Ten pounds is around seventeen dollars. Uh, sing dollars. Yeah. Oh, and uh, prata. I think it's Indian in ethnicity. 
Now let's move on to the next question, um, which is dietary requirements. Reiti, I would like to know more uh, if you do have any dietary requirements and if you do, how do you navigate around this in the UK? So um, I don't eat beef. Um, I think it's like a family thing. My grandma is Taoist, so there was no beef in her house. Therefore, my mom didn't cook it either. So if we wanted the beef, we would head out to um, outside restaurants. But I think I made an active choice probably 10 years ago to stop eating beef, um, mostly for environmental reasons, which we are going to have a whole episode on. So I'm not going to like touch too yeah. much into it. Yeah, but just mostly for environmental reasons, I thought to try to be more um, vegetarian in my eating. Mm. Um, however, I couldn't be fully vegetarian because um, I had a bout of rashes when I first came to the UK. And I was still on like a, I really didn't buy meat for the first three months that I was wow. here. And oh. um, while I was having the rashes, my mom scolded me for not eating meat because she said eating meat would help you recover from it faster because you've you've had so many years of eating meat, you cannot just suddenly cut it out completely and pretend that everything is the same. So I've mm -hmm. had to, my diet now is mostly vegetables, but I occasionally eat meat just to um, have some semblance of um, yeah. my past life, <laughs> sort of. So, so what meat do you eat then? Like um, Mostly pork, actually. So again, back to the issue of like, trying to eat less meat. I feel like I cannot bring myself to buy chicken because it looks too much like the animal. Yeah, I had to buy it recently and as I was cutting it up, I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> and I feel like I buy pork um, loins. So the loins are like, it doesn't look anything like the animal. So I feel slightly better about eating it. Yeah, so I'm just trying to cut my meat to really pork mostly, um, mm. less of chicken. And yeah, the others are, I feel like the other meats are more luxury items anyway, so I also won't eat. So mm -hmm. I feel like if I don't eat a cow for beef, I'm also not going to eat lamb and mutton because I don't want to eat the, the young cows and all. Yeah. That's what about you? Yeah, I mean, I just want to like ask more questions. So, hmm. um, so do you also eat processed food? Like, you know, we do have, like, you know, okay, this is so interesting because Singaporeans love their processed food, right? So they have their fish bowls, they have their nuggets, chicken nuggets, you know, like sausage, you know, like, do you eat those things as well? Because, you know, they don't look like the actual animal themselves. Mm, I haven't bought fish bowls in my time here. Mm. Um, for sausages, as and when, but I also never actively sort it out. Um, mm -hmm. What else did you mention? Um, nuggets. Nuggets. Fish I've fillet. never eaten nuggets. Sorry? Fish fillet over here. Fish fingers. Fish fillet. Fish fingers also never. That's and very bacon. Awesome. Yeah, bacon is the occasionally I'll buy it. Yeah, that's about it. Interesting. So, I mean, like, um, thanks for sharing about your experience when it comes to, you know, like, you know, trying to like cut the chicken and you feel really guilty because I had a similar kind of um, 
experience when I bought fish uh, from the market. Mm. This is funny because my husband kept laughing at me for this. Like I wanted to buy fish and I think it's sea bass and sea bass is really good. It was really sold at quite cheap, like five pounds for quite a lot. I mean, that's really quite cheap, right? For fish, you know, mm. in Singapore, fish is so expensive. So I bought the sea bass. And then I kept it in the freezer and then when I wanted to cook it and then I open it and it's like, I mean, it looks really like gray and black and I got really scared. Like, you know, it looks like an act. I mean, obviously, Sakina, it is an actual fish. But obviously, when I look at it, it's like, oh my God, it's like, I mean, obviously it's actual fish. So when I want to like hold it, I feel really scared because like my mind's like, yeah. oh, is it alive? I mean, obviously, it's not alive. We know that. But you know, like, it's so scary because when you look at it, you think about, them being alive and yeah i mean i i couldn't bring myself to to do it and then uh, i think i left it for a really long time my husband was like you know why don't you cook the fish you know you can't keep in there for a really long time and i was like i don't think i can you know i have i don't know why <laughs> I, I was so scared and then he made it in the end it was really good so i realized mm-hmm. that because i don't do much of cooking i mean right now i cooked a lot more like significantly a lot more in Singapore I don't and then maybe because I don't really encounter this kind of food preparation you know you have to really mm. cut the whatever parts lie and all that so I don't really see it but when you do it you realize that oh my god guys this is like actual obviously it's actually I know but it, it's more it, you are more as then you come to terms with it a lot more because you are you know doing it so yeah, I mean, I think that's a good food for thought. I mean, I have bought chicken and usually when I bought chicken at the wet market, I would tell them to cut for me because obviously I lazy, you know, so <laughs> it's really hard. I don't have the right, you know, tools maybe to really cut. I mean, I do have like big knife and all, but maybe I don't know the method or the, the ways to do it. So whenever I buy a whole chicken, I will tell them to um, to cut for me. And then sometimes when I buy meat, I will like a slab of meat or like a slab of chicken breast. You know, you don't see it. Maybe really mm. buy like those filet kind of the version of that chicken. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um yeah, so that I just wanted to share a bit more on that. Uh for me, generally I I mean obviously I'm a Muslim, so I, I have to um I I observe like eating halal meat. So halal meat basically what halal means is that you um you eat food that is permissible by Islamic law that um the very premise of it is that you treat the animals with the most compassion and mercy when you want to slaughter it so when you slaughter like for example um a particular animal you do it quickly like within like millis like a few seconds and then they will just die i mean you have to you know you have to like make sure that you approach it when it's not scared or you know like there's i mean i'm not really an expert in this i mean if you're interested you can you know, ask me more uh, offline, but um, yeah, I can give resources that can best explain it. But basically, the very premise of halal is really that it's, it really, um, you know, thinks about, you know, the animal, um, the state of the animal, you know, uh, make sure that it's not scared or like, you know, when you do it, you do it quickly and, and everything. So that's why, you know, we, I, I, I believe a lot in like this halal diet. Um, not because you know like this 
it's not really just because like, oh, it's halal, I have to eat it, but because I believe in the ethics behind it. And we'll talk more about this. Rita, you mentioned that we will cover an episode about this, about ethical eating. And I would like to talk more about it later. So um, stay tuned for that. Okay. So yeah, for me, um, yeah, eat halal meat, which is not hard to find because obviously Britain has a sizable uh, Muslim mi uh, minority here. Um, but generally, I don't eat as much meat, you know, same like you, Reti, because I feel like there's a lot of things we can eat without meat. And obviously for me, you know, from a chef's point of view, uh, I feel like it's so much easier to cook something without meat. You just cut the vegetables, mushroom la, or any protein alternatives, you know, your tofu la, or like eggs, whatever, you know, any protein alternatives. Um, and you can just eat, you know, you just need your carbs, your vegetables and, you know. I think I'm fine with that and there's um, my husband and I, we have found some recipes that really taste so good and they're just vegetarian. Uh, so I can say that in a week, about four days, I can be, I can go without meat. Yeah, I can go without chicken. We eat chicken a lot here and sometimes minced beef once in a while. Once in a while, if we feel like it, we have salmon, but that's only like twice ever because obviously salmon's very expensive. Uh, we do have like canned tuna and stuff but I don't we don't always eat them but generally yeah we can do without meat yeah but I'm really excited Reiti um about our episode on food ethics so be sure to tune in for that if you're interested yeah in as well and mm. um, you mentioned the resources about halal eating do you want to put a link in the description so you can go and read more we can Absolutely. offer them <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So I'll I'll give a link uh, once mm. we publish this podcast and this episode on YouTube as well and on our social media. Um, if you're interested to know what what halal what halal really means and the procedures and the methods people go about to ensuring that, yes, I'll be happy to share share mm. the process. Okay, I also want. <laughs> all right so um very interesting i guess we learn a lot more about each other and i i learned that you don't really eat processed food which is good because i think singapore we like our processed foods back in singapore don't you think so like yeah, ham, lunch and meat sardine yeah. exactly yeah lunch and meat sardine all these things uh sausage la nuggets but over here we don't eat that as much so i think generally i'm eating healthier <laughs> then back at home yeah yep. right so um okay so maybe um you know we're coming to the end of the podcast so i just want to end it on a light note so i just want to hear from you reiti um since we're living in an angmo land after all we live in britain so are there any traditionally british food that you like yeah so i coming from north i feel i need to represent the north over here so yes i really like yorkshire pudding and gravy uh, but firstly, I think I need to describe what both items are. So, also, let me detour sidetrack a bit and define what pudding is because there are many definitions of pudding across different cultures. So, pudding, as we know in East Asia, is a custard jelly dessert. So, it's eggy and milky. So, you can think of things like mango pudding. Um, pudding in Britain is another collective noun for dessert. So they will ask you things like, what's for pudding? Meaning, what's for dessert? And pudding can mean chocolate cake, can mean brownie, can mean a cookie, can mean whatever it is. Um, but also, there's a black pudding. Black pudding is specifically a blood sausage. that um, I think I looked up, it's um, 
British Isles and Ireland. So it's basically blood that they pack with, um, it's probably processed in some way. And that is like a slab, a round slab of, uh, and it's black. Mm. Yeah, so that's a savory thing. Okay. And then Yorkshire pudding is also savory. So we already have two definitions of sweets and two definitions that are savory. Yorkshire pudding is basically flour, oh sorry, flour, as they pronounce it here. <laughs> flour, <laughs> eggs and milk. Um, you heat the oil in like a muffin tin. You put it in the um, oven first. Then you take it out. You pour the batter into each of the holes. You put it back in the oven and you will rise and puff up like some golden pillow. And then gravy, you pour the gravy into the pillow and you eat it and it's glorious. Gravy is basically like our Singaporean sap. So it's um, just that um, for the gravy here, they thicken it with flour. flour. So they use the, um, the soup that is reduced to like only a little bit left. They add the flour to it and then they um, whisk it up to make a very thick, gloopy sauce that you can drink uh, out of the tub itself or drink and uh, pour it over the Yorkshire pudding. And it's beautiful. Yeah, oh, I really wow. enjoyed it. I've never tried. Yeah. Can you believe it? I've not tried Yorkshire pudding in my life. Come here, come here. <laughs> I will bring you to nice Yorkshire pudding places. <laughs> yeah. I um, I... Yeah, I don't know why we are doing this now. Uh, we are given that we are fasting, but yeah, it's making myself my mouth water. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else do I like? I also like. Um. I feel like there are more sweet stuff, um, than savory ones actually. So, um, a lot of pies and sweet treats. I'm okay for them. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. Kipling's all of Kipling's um. Beautiful yeah. deliciousness. Think, yeah. um, um, the Colin the Caterpillar cake. I know it's a quintessential British uh, birthday cake that I've had mm. before, and I've given it to a friend as well. Yeah, so that's nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically a chocolate cake, just that they oh. put it in. Uh, they shaped it like a caterpillar. Yeah. And there's a female version called Connie. Mm. Yeah. So I I received Connie. <laughs> yeah. So fancy. And then what else? Yeah. I think biscuits. So I actually like so biscuits and the biscuits that we know in Singapore are actually called crackers here. I realize or like the specific um crackers mm-hmm. that I have, like the plain ones. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that. Yeah. Um. What else? I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. What about you? Okay. So I mean, like honestly, I have not tried Yorkshire pudding and I've not tried mince pies. I mean, I almost didn't mm. want to try it. I mean, obviously, I can get the vegetarian. That's alcohol, yeah. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the non... I mean, there's some some um, in Marks and Spencer I can get, but I didn't... I almost wanted to buy it, but I didn't buy it. Uh, but yeah, I should I should try that. I mean, obviously, um, yeah, I haven't tried this. And there's also some um, Sunday roast thingy. That, mm. that is very popular in Britain. Yes. Yeah, like if you're in Britain, you should try Sunday roast. And I haven't tried that yet. I mean, there are definitely options for me. Um, but I haven't. There's gone nut roast. There's a nut roast. So it's a vegetarian. They make it with chestnuts and various other nuts, and it's a patty. Yeah, it's. it's wow, that sounds so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have to try these things. But I mean, generally, like British food, like you know, like jacket potatoes, fish and chips, like I like them. I mean, like my husband likes jacket potatoes, but to me, it's like 
I mean, I like potatoes, but I mean, like for us, we're Asian, so like rice and noodles is like our staple. But for them, like potato is such a big thing, you know. And then they they like to put their baked beans on the chai jacket potatoes, and I think they do have a term for it. My um, my friend did mention my British friend did mention to me that you have to try this particular kind of potato i don't know what is it called yeah so they love it so much with their baked beans i've tried them i'm generally yeah i like their pies as well um i like the sweet treats uh you mentioned uh Reiti, that you know like a lot of the british things are the sweet sweet stuff um i think one of my colleagues did try to make this particular um dessert it's kind of like you use a meringue i think and then you put like cream and strawberries i forgot what is it Pavlova? yeah is it pavlova? If it's pavlova, that's uh, it's a New Zealand uh, dessert. No, uh, it's British because I remember posted it on Instagram, and then you said yes, that's British, and there's a word, there's a term for it. I forgot, like, I forgot now what what the term because obviously that was the one time I tried. It's really good. It's not pavlova. Okay. It's something else. Uh, Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll look it up offline and then we'll write it in the description if we remember. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. And uh, I mean, I like yum yum. So yum yums is a very. I mean, obviously when I came here, I'm like, what the hell? Like uh, all this, um, you know, like what's yum yum? Obviously, yum yum sounds yums, but I don't know what it is. So my British colleagues like, oh, we have, we bought yum yums. I'm like, what in the world is that? So when I look at it, it's like, oh, it's freaking donuts, man. You know, like yep. you know, when you go Krispy Kreme, you have your um your glazed. The original glazed donut, it tastes exactly like that. But I think the British yum yum is way nicer because it's like drenched and soaked in like sugary thing, liquid in there. It's so good. Yeah, so I like yum yums. And I generally like British produce, like, you know, their dairy products, you know, like fresh milk, their eggs, their yogurt. I love all these things. Like, you can find nice ingredients, um, nice desserts just going to the mainstream supermarkets. You don't need to go to like, cafes or whatever you can just go to supermarkets and you get really good really good produce yeah so mm. i guess for me that's that's that mm. <laughs> yeah mm. so um yeah so i think we pretty much talked about so many things uh pertaining to food we we actually intend to keep it light today just talk about food you know um asian food singaporean food and also british food so um if you guys have any comments you have any questions please do um send in your questions and comments through our instagram um um platforms as well as youtube and we are also on anchor okay <laughs> and spotify so um yeah so we are probably gonna end this um, podcast pretty soon. But before that, I just want to check in with you, Reiti. How is it going with the fast? You know, it's been like 3.30 p.m. right now. How is it going with you? Um, I'm still doing okay, I think. But yeah, hi. Yeah. Oh, I think I was already celebrating while we were talking about oh. the food. So now I'm just going to uh, not think about food for another five hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, uh, hang in there, hang in there. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no obligation. If you want to break fast your time, break, break, break your fast anytime, you can do that. But I would, love I, will. Hear, I would love to hear your experience. And who knows, maybe in our food series, you can share more about, you know, how is it like for you fasting? Yeah. And anyway, um, for those listening at home, I hope that you guys are not sliving as well. <laughs> listen to this when you already broke your fast, if you're Muslim. Okay. Um, and for Singaporeans out there, I know it's circuit breaker. Um, 
and therefore we eat a lot more we think about food a lot more i mean i can say that surely for me that you know during our lockdown we think about food so much you know um so uh try to moderate that and also stay safe okay um if you have any recipe ideas you have any comments please share with us yep so right and that's all the time we have like we're going to make like dumpling filling and wrap it up um, so remember to like the video if you did like it and share it with others if you feel so inclined. Um, you can follow us across the social platforms. So you're on YouTube at True Sports in Britain. Facebook is also True Sports in Britain. Instagram is the full name without spaces. Um, Twitter is True Sports in BR. And like Sakina mentioned, we are now also on Anchor and Spotify. We so <laughs> we're gonna try to get to get it on as many platforms as possible. Thank you for Sakina for doing all the uploading. Um, we are also gonna tease the next episode. So in our next episode, we're gonna talk about the differences in studying and working in Singapore and Britain. So if you are interested in that, you can have that to look forward to. Um, awesome. So we'll. Yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, everyone, for your time. Bye-bye.